0: Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro-movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Ariana Palumbo. Welcome to Imperfect Momming.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Well, hi, I'm Ariana Palumbo. I am a mother of two, wife to one, and I am a women's life transformation coach. I help overthinking, overscheduled, overworked women to... uh, to, uh, simplify their schedules, pinpoint their purpose, um, in order to rejuvenate their relationships and create a compelling life for themselves. Um, and let's see, I like good hikes, good books, and a good glass of wine.
0: I love that. And, uh, I saw your post this morning about, um, having quarterly or monthly planning. Yeah. And, um, with or without a happy hour and it looked like everybody wanted to be happy hour included
1: yeah yeah I love vision boarding I really just think it's um it's a great tool for accomplishing your goals and your dreams and I think we I think there's a couple of challenges we have with vision boarding as we understand it um for those of pe- people who don't know what a vision board is it's uh in essence it's a pictorial. Um, it's arts and crafts for goal setting is really what it is. You just take pictures of things that symbolize the things you want to attain or achieve or be, and uh, you put them um, on a piece of paper, or um, in my case, in a digital format, and just make sure that you see it every day, and uh, think about it, and keep working towards those goals, and I really love it, but I think that there are a lot of challenges to vision boarding um, that people will take on. I think sometimes we do pie in the sky, and that instead of really kind of keeping it to, um, to the present, to the now, to what can I do now, we go, oh, I would really love to like own a Greek island, you know, like these kind of crazy pie in the sky things that are probably not going to happen in the next 12 months, although you may be on track. And if you're on track, then please put that Greek island on your vision board. But um, but yeah, and so I want to um, encourage us to think about it kind of more um, frequently and um, and kind of update them and change them and modify them um, a little bit more frequently to make sure that we're on track. Because as moms, right, things change. So, so our vision boards can too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, things can change from one minute to the next as a mom, like, no, no joke.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like, all kinds of things. Like, I was gonna keep my son home from daycare. And then all of a sudden, he got mobile at like, nine months, he was walking. I was like, I cannot get anything done with work and with him at home. And God bless those moms that do and figure it out. I just, I've never had these calm children. (laughs) (laughs) so I was like I need to work and I'm just not the mom that can do both so um so yeah so it changed and I just had to go with it
0: yeah I um I found a template on Canva for doing a vision board because I wanted that I wanted a, a digital version yes um because you know I I grew up in the um direct sales world so they're all about the vision boards right 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 and it was always a physical board that you would take things out of a magazine and put it onto the board and this was your vision board and mm-hmm. so i just i i didn't enjoy that so as as much as i enjoyed the canva one because the canva one Will um has like pictures of me, and as yeah. a bonus for people that are look watching the um watching the the YouTube video, I'm going to show you my vision board. So Ooh,
1: oh, I love it. I love these when I do my workshop on this. I love people presenting theirs because they're always so fun. Oh my gosh, look at yours. Yours is so. Oh yeah.
0: So some of the stuff is, um, like obviously the self-care one. I haven't figured out, uh, what to put in that one, but, yeah. uh, the travel, this is a girlfriend that I, that I have in another, um, in, in another town that I've visited a couple of times. And, um, and I have, you know, this is the, the picture of, of my boyfriend and I, uh, on a boat. And that was his idea. And it's like my favorite picture. I actually had a canvas printed of it. Oh, um, I love it. You know, I this is my favorite picture of me and my dogs. Like travel has been the thing that I really, really wanted to do um this year. And uh and it's funny because I was like, I loved travel and I don't love to pay for it, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. I hear
0: that. Okay. <laughs> so I, there was a, a, a thought in my head that the only way that that could happen is if I jump back into my direct sales business and go to the top of the company, because the company once a year provide, you know, you have, there's a trip that you can earn mm-hmm. and they pay for everything and it's five star, all, all this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, okay, well, that's the only way that I can have my trips paid for and it was almost like the universe was like let me show you how wrong you are and so so I flew to Canada round trip ticket three hundred dollars like across the country not like I'm on the west coast she's on my friends on the east coast the and the only thing that I paid for besides the souvenirs (laughs) was the plane ticket stayed with my friend. She provided all the food. It's like, and then in, in a couple of months or less than six weeks, I'm going to Hawaii. And the only thing I'm paying for is the plane ticket.
1: Nice.
0: And I'm like, that's great. Okay. I guess, I guess I can no longer say this is the only way that I can travel without having to pay for it. That's amazing. <laughs> did you go
1: back to the direct sales?
0: Um I did for a little while and I was like like I I enjoyed I enjoyed the people part of it, but it's mm. like that's not the only place that I can meet people, you know. Right. And um so um I'm, I'm back to focusing on, you know, my my coaching business and and focusing on just building the life that I love
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and I really think that vision boarding is a huge part of that like mm. there's that <laughs> every time I look at it there's butterflies on it I didn't put the butterfly on there
1: yeah
0: right but it was on there and then I went to Monterey and I'm like, oh my gosh I'm seeing butterflies everywhere. Like this is so interesting. They're just they're just everywhere, yeah. and my stepmom was like, "Well, you know why? That you're seeing butterflies everywhere." And I was like, "No." And she goes, "Because monarch or the uh, Monterey is the monarch like butterfly mm-hmm. capital of the world." Wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm not buying that because I've been to Monterey a thousand times and I've never seen butterflies. Wow. <laughs> So I think it
1: means, <laughs> I think it means you need to come visit me here because we have a butterfly sanctuary. We actually do have the largest butterfly sanctuary in North America here where so, I live. So you, I think that means that you need to come visit me. I don't sure. think that plane ticket would be very expensive either. And I have a guest guess. That, so. And
0: and you, where did you say you were? You're in Arizona, right?
1: Yeah. 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 I'm in Phoenix. I
0: could, I could probably drive there because, um, you said you're in Phoenix. Yeah. yeah because, um, that's like an eight-hour drive for me.
1: Yeah, we're five hours from LA, so you must be three. I'm
0: three yeah. hours from LA. <laughs> hours from LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I and I think that's the other things. thing that's happening is I'm getting more invitations to come visit people than I've ever gotten in mm-hmm. my entire life combined. I mean, you like and,
1: you and I have very similar um, audiences. We we kind of coach, we coach similar pro- complementary. You know, problems for complimentary people. Like I work with a lot of moms, but I also work with single women and that kind of stuff. And I don't think I've ever had one of them talk specifically about like mom guilt, but it comes up in our coaching sessions in in kind of different ways. But but yeah, so so we're very complimentary in what we do and and how and how we can help people.
0: So what is your what's your favorite thing about your vision boarding?
1: I love that my, my old vision boards right here. I actually still need to print my new one. I love that it's somewhere every day where I can look at it. And when I go, I just don't know what to do today. I just look at it and go, oh, okay. (laughs) Like I I want to like work out or I want to eat better or I want to read more or I want to go camping or I want to take a road trip. That's my last year's vision board. Um, Or I want to do more coaching. And so you can kind of go, oh, okay, well, what steps can I take? to make that happen. And I'm not so much like a man, like I'm not a secret, a secret girl. I, I do believe in prayer. I do believe in manifestation, but I believe part of the allure for me for vision boards is that they should motivate you to take action. And so for me, having my vision board right where I can see it um, is such a reminder of there are so many more things I want to do or Yep, that's what I'm working towards. Let's stay focused on that because I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in all of the shiny object things out there, you know, the squirrel <laughs> kind of sensation. Um, and a vision board brings me back to what I thought um, every, you know, every year. And I even like believe in updating them frequently. I think I said that a little bit earlier. That's why I think doing like a monthly vision board session session where people who've already created vision boards can just get together. Um, and then I'll continue to offer my vision boarding made easy workshop where we do use Canva, um, to make vision boards. And I don't think people realize how easy it is and then how easy it is to update. So yeah, that's what I love about it. It just keeps first things first it keeps your goals at the front of your mind. I, I don't know about you. Do you ever write your goals down?
0: I do. And, uh, it's not as effective as, as this vision board, like a girlfriend of mine, um, is, we've known each other since I lived in DC and it's scary that I can say almost that I can say 20 years ago. Hmm. It just reminds me of being old. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, no, it reminds me that I've lived a long time and some people don't even get to live as long as I've lived. So I'll stop thinking of it as a negative thing. Um, anyway, she wrote something about, I think she wrote, she was talking about her vision board and and um, I want to say I was looking, I was trying to find it uh, and uh, I couldn't find her post where she was talking about um, her vision board, but she said, you know, she has being a writer on there or finishing her book or something along those lines. Um, She also put, you know, Venice and she goes, could you imagine you and I in Venice? And she came to visit me from, from DC here and we went to Yosemite. That's the only thing I remember from her trip Mm -hmm. when she came. We also went to San Francisco. I have zero recollection that we went to San Francisco. I remember we were chasing down Kevin Federline's high school and we went to Yosemite. That's what I remember from her trip. (laughs) And I was like, it would be pointless to go to Venice because apparently I won't remember it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll remember some of it. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like I've written goals down before and I do encourage that in some ways, especially in my coaching practice. Um, But for me, I'm less likely to kind of read a lot of words on my wall than I am just to look at a picture and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to eat better this year or I wanted to get this certification or I wanted to go on a cruise. And so it makes me, reminds me to keep working towards those goals. Like, well, what are cruise prices now looking like? When does my husband's schedule free up? What would we do for childcare? You know, like, and, and, and I think that sometimes goal, like, I just think it's really hard to just keep going back to reading something over and over and over again and and having it compel you. But if you find the right pictures. Then those compel you to keep moving. It, it gives you a very vivid visualization of what you want to do and an imagery of where you want to go. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's um, one of the things that that attracted me to the mm-hmm. the coach that I ended up doing all my training with. He was a coach for the company that I was in, mm-hmm. independent of, but you know, for like that was his his target and there was a lot of people that would put um earning a free car Mm -hmm. on on their vision board and that didn't motivate them it actually Mm -hmm. ended up shutting them down but when he would say well why do you want to earn the car and the car represented the people that they were helping and the 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 lifestyle that they were creating and mm-hmm. and when they went when they zoomed out you know it was it it got more to the heart of what it was that they were wanting and that putting that on the on the um vision board was way more motivating than the car that they wanted. So for example, if the car represented freedom, well, what else represents freedom to you? Riding my horses all the time. I don't have horses, but that was the example. That was an example I remember and that he gave. And, and it's like, oh yeah, that absolutely. That's what, that's the point of the vision board, not earn the car.
1: Right. Right. Uh, definitely. And so, yeah, I, I love vision boarding. I think the other thing is, is that once we get a vision for our lives, a lot of us then ask, okay, well now how do I achieve that? And that's where coaching comes in because coaching is very forward facing. You know, if you want to go back and work through the trauma of your childhood, please go see a therapist. But if you want to set some goals and achieve them, or if you have a vision for your life and you're not able to achieve it yet, or you want to keep moving forward, then by all means sign up for coaching. And um, I just learned recently that Tom Brady's life coach, so the uh, seven time Super Bowl winning quarterback, <laughs> is writing a book. And this struck me really hard. I don't know if you read my post about it, but I kind of ranted a little bit because I think it's so easy for men to get a life coach um, and not bat an eyelash. And I think women like second guess the idea. Um, for a number of reasons. One, I don't think they do enough to under to value that kind of self-care. I don't think that they trust themselves to, like pick the right coach or to go in the right direction. And I think they're always putting themselves last. So got to make sure that the kids have their birthday presents and that, You know, my husband um, is able to go golfing and all of these things. And they don't really schedule in their own people to help them move forward and achieve the goals that they have. Or maybe they think that that would take them to separately or apart from their current circumstances. And coaching is just meant to, you know, help you kind of figure that stuff out and keep moving forward on. It doesn't, doesn't make you like a totally different person that suddenly like disrupts your whole life. It just says you're here let's help you get where you want to go.
0: Yeah. I I think coaching is, is very undervalued as far as um, the importance of it, you know, especially, I think, especially as women, because we, we have lots, we have a lot that is expected of us and Mm -hmm. there's, I know before I got into the coaching world, I never thought about what my definition of a good mom is mm. or a good partner. Yeah. And when you are looking at other people's definition, but those things don't align with with you, then you're mm-hmm. scrambling. To meet this other expectation and falling short because it's, it's somebody else's expectation, but then you're beating yourself up for not living up to that expectation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think we, I think our uh, women are generally socialized to be people pleasers. God bless those of us that have managed to break that mold. I am not one of them. I'm a recovery people pleaser, but I think the people pleaser often, often silences the rebel and the, and the adventurer and the, you know, um, the, the, the brave one, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, And so I, you know, I think coaching is one of the ways to kind of unleash that inner rebel that has these dreams and these goals and these desires and wants to break out of the mold and say, you know what, I don't fit that, you know, I don't fit that mold. I don't fit that mold. I'm not happy in this job, or I am not happy in this marriage, or I just received a diagnosis or, you know, any number of things. And it says, you do you boo, you know, like, let's figure out what that looks like and help you move towards it. And it just gives people confidence that, that, you know, the new normal is your normal.
0: Yeah. The, the, I was actually watching Anne of Green Gables or the Netflix version Anne with an E and, um, you know, the, the, there's in, I think it was in season one, they were talking about, um feminism essentially mm-hmm. the new concept of feminism and there's there's part of me that that doesn't like feminism mm-hmm. i i like equality which i think mm-hmm. feminism was designed to do yeah. um and and now it's it's taken it's taken it's gone too far yeah as far as or sometimes and um I'm choosing my words wisely or trying to um but what what I would love to define it as is choosing what's right for you Mm -hmm. and your household and you know my my mom and I got into this debate because you know I I said that I love gender roles because I like doing the stuff that's in the house and mm-hmm. I don't like doing the stuff that's out of the house. And mm-hmm. so in our household, that's that's the division of labor is I mm-hmm. I do the inside of the house stuff and my boyfriend does the outside of the house stuff and my mom's like, I hate doing the inside of the house stuff. I love doing the gardening and the, Mm -hmm. the property upkeep and all of that. And I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. If if that's what works for you and your spouse, then Mm -hmm. by all means do that. And like my, my definition of happiness is do what makes you and your household happy Mm -hmm. and in a way that's, that creates peace in your life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Without hurting other people, yeah. For Without sure.
0: hurting other people, absolutely. And that, that takes communication and and like it and having compromise and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. if neither one of you know my boyfriend and I enjoyed doing the outside stuff or the inside stuff, then I know that he and I would come up with a system and a compromise. Um, we came up with the system that we have now because I like having a daily routine and he likes every day to be different. So I do the daily stuff and he does the weekly stuff, you know, that's, that's what we, that's how we started our relationship is like, okay, this stuff needs to get done. Mm -hmm. Who wants to do the stuff? What do you like to do? What do you hate to do? I don't like
1: yeah. cleaning toilets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that is feminism still. You know, obviously there's a lot of different sects of feminism out there, just like there are different religions and different sects of different religions. But I definitely think that the initial premise was really to like break women out of the box of having to to live just one role of being a mother and a wife. Um, and then from there, it was to, I think from there, kind of new wave feminism is about not having them be the mother and the wife and the right it was like what feminism did is it it didn't create like a distinction necessarily it just created an and um and so I think the new wave of feminists is just like you're saying where it's like it's about like breaking the second shift of just being you know okay I go to work now which I love and it's fulfilling but now I come back home and I watch my husband sit you know on the couch while I take care of the children and I cook and I do all those things and I think luckily we're seeing, you know, we're seeing a, a generation of men that are raised with the understanding that their moms did a crap ton of work for them. At least I know for my, my husband and my situation, that's really true. And I see him stepping up. And I think this is, I think that I coach about this a lot, right? Because I coach about boundaries and about having these kind of conversations like you were having with, you know, your, your partner, like you guys know what your role is in your household. And you've had conversations about it, and I think that's really important. Lately, I've had two different examples where I was probably a little timid about bringing my husband in, but I needed help. And one of those was is that he got a job—a job about I don't know six or seven months ago—that had him um, working different shift than he had previously. So I used to pick the child—I used to drop the children off at daycare, and he would pick them up and then he and then the schedule sh- shifted and he couldn't pick them up anymore so I was dropping them off and I'm picking them up and I thought wait a second <laughs> like why am i doing both of these things and so we just had a conversation about it and i said hey you know seeing as your schedule moved back why don't you drop the kids off and i'll pick the kids up and he was yeah like yeah i'm happy to do that you know and I'm so glad I did because I got back time to work out. I got back time to check emails in my work, you know, so I work a little bit earlier and end a little bit earlier. And I, you know, and we still don't have our children in daycare for hours and hours and hours, which was really important to us. If They're going to be in daycare. We want them in daycare for us. And the minimal amount of time that we need to have them in there in order to get our jobs done. And then the second thing happened recently where I found um, mealtime really stressful. So my husband doesn't know how to cook at all. And so that falls to me. And for the most part, I enjoy cooking, you know, like you, like I enjoy that role. I I don't mind it. I love coming up with nutritious meals. I love learning, you know, different techniques. I, I like to watch the Food Network, you know, like I'm into those things. And so it doesn't overly bother me, but I found myself getting really, really frantic, right? So I'm trying to put a meal together and then I'm trying to get the children corralled, you know, and then I'm trying to get the table set and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do all these things. And inevitably I would get everyone, you know, my, I have a, I have a 15 month old, he's in his high chair. I have a four, almost four-year-old She's set. They've got their meals. Um, you know, my husband comes out, you know, grabs his stuff and I'm grabbing my stuff and I'm walking to the table and I'm realizing no one has napkins, no one has drinks, no one has all of these things. And it's stressful because then that means I put my food down and maybe I've even sat down before I realized all this and I'm getting back up, I'm getting drinks, I'm getting the things that got missed. And so we just talked about it and I said, "What? Well, how this could look different. Like, how do you feel about, you know, our daughter's at an age where she can set a table, <laughs> you know, with some guidance and uh, and so why don't you help her do that? And then, you know, even I can talk about what needs to be on the table and you can get drinks ready. And honestly, this is really recent. Like this is a week or two ago shift. Oh my gosh, I enjoy cooking so much more. It is way less stressful because yeah. I'm not worrying about the whole package. And it's not that my husband's lazy or that he doesn't care. It's that he just didn't know I needed help. Like we hadn't really looked at what was causing my my heartburn, so to speak. And once we did, it was so easy to find a solution for it, you know, and, and that's why I think that boundaries are really important. And like you said, like figuring out how, how things can work for you and your family and, and what roles you take on based on your preferences, not necessarily gender stereotypes, but what we care about, what we like to do, how we make that work for us.
0: Right, and what I love about your example is it is a beautiful example of being a team. Yeah. And the the other thing I liked about this, the example, um, and so, well, this wasn't part of your example, but the thing that it made me think of is that men are problem solvers, right? Mm-hmm. Like the thing that women get annoyed about Mm -hmm. is that men are problem solvers because they we just want to vent I'm being stereotypical again but a lot of times we we just want to vent and then they come in with the solution right and we're like no we just wanted to to vent but what if we used the their problem solving skills to our advantage and we said hey honey dinner time is really stressful for me Mm -hmm. what what is there anything that you would be willing to contribute to dinner time so let's say you didn't have the awareness of the table part is Mm -hmm. is difficult for me Um, and you just had the awareness that I have heartburn
1: yeah
0: (laughs) when I'm preparing dinner and like (laughs) the reason that this is so funny and exciting to me, like my body just got like so excited by this conversation (laughs) and it's because of a conversation that my boyfriend and I had about, um, about how women don't want to ask for like, Hey, I need a break when, when, when we're new moms, like we Mm -hmm. don't know that we, that we want the break.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and or we know we want the break but we are afraid to ask yes you know? and it's like but we can like they they love us hopefully right.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they married us for a reason or they're partnered with us living with us you know dating us for a reason Yeah, I agree. I think that we, I don't necessarily think the problem's all the man. Like, yes, sometimes I just wish he was a little bit more insightful and that he would have picked it up himself and figured it out for himself. But that's, you know, that's not always the way it works in our family. But his desire to like, make things less stressful for me to allow me to sit down and eat when everyone else is eating you know, and not be the person who gets back up. And he gets up a ton too. I mean, like really it was to solve multiple problems. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think that I was nervous about talking to him about it, but it was so funny because it just seemed like such a natural and obvious solution. And it doesn't take him long to do it. You know, he's usually getting off of work and, you know, so it, you know, and it teaches our daughter discipline, you know, and, Mm and responsibility. And it's really easy for her to put out the placemats and grab whatever silverware we need for the thing and set it out. And, you know, I think that sometimes I don't like to ask for help <laughs> and it would make my life easier because ultimately my husband wants to help. He just doesn't always know. He doesn't want to tread on my space. He doesn't want to take over, you know, he wants to be a part of it. And so it was a matter of us kind of figuring out what that looks like. And it's funny, you know, he said, now I have the awareness, but the reality is, is we've been doing this for years, years where like, I think he just even gets to a place where he's like, I just want to eat out. Like, I just want to eat out today. (laughs) It's just so stressful for both of us. So, so yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where we need to have our boundaries. We need to communicate our needs. We need to address those areas where we have heartburn and figure out what kind of solutions we can come up with. And we need to work on it as a team. And I, I think that those areas are things that are just really helpful. Yeah,
0: no, I love this. I love that example. And, and the uh, communications, one of my favorite topics and it's everything that you just said, describing how your husband is and how you are like, I don't want to ask for help. And he, um, you know, I wish he was more intuitive and he's not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of us will sit inside i wish he was more intuitive mm-hmm. and then use that as a reason to continually hurt our own feelings yeah because you could have just stewed inside your heartburn
1: yeah
0: and it could show up in your relationship in in other ways where
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're irritated with him because he's not reading your mind and i mm-hmm. have not met a man yet that is really good at reading my mind.
1: Yeah, I haven't met a person (laughs) yet that's really good at reading my mind, let alone my husband or my children. He know me the best. My mom, you know, she can't read my mind.
0: All right. I I love to pick on men sometimes. (laughs) Um, But like, um, I mean, my boyfriend's actually really, really good at reading my mind. Um, But, you know, we... (laughs) it was was, i have found
1: the exception to the rule he lived in my house
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) um well and and as good as he is he's he's not perfect at it and i'll i'll share one story and and then i'll i'll ask you our our uh uh, i'll ask you the next question (laughs) um We went to Baskin Robbins the other day because we wanted ice cream and I have this fancy thing in my, in my car that allows me to remote start it from my phone and it allows me to unlock it from my phone. And so I technically don't need a key as long as the app is working properly.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and I was extra confident in how well this app was working and I didn't bring the remote key in my wallet like I usually do Mm -hmm. and um we got our ice cream we came back to the car and it's slightly warmer than normal because the the weather's changing and and so it was just barely uncomfortable like not a mm-hmm. lot uncomfortable but it was getting it like it was starting to be a little uncomfortable in the, in uh, warm in the outside and I unlocked the car and I went to push start and the car wouldn't start because it still thought the car was locked the app still thought the car was locked mm-hmm. so I'm I go into immediate like I knew I should have put the key back in the in the wallet like kind of beating myself up about about Mm -hmm. this so and my boyfriend is sitting in the front seat quiet as quiet can be I'm not even paying attention to what he's doing I'm just like he's got to be so pissed off at me right now because Mm -hmm. the easy solution to this problem was would to have the key in the wallet and and like i'm like okay how can we get home like i'm going to i'm going to order a lift i'm going to do this <clears throat> i'm going to call so and so for help i'm going to do you know like i'm like we don't even have local friends everybody that's nearby or that could come help us is at least 30 minutes away like i'm just going through all of these like how can i fix this problem that i created cuz he's mad so i better figure it out quick right he's just sitting there eating his ice cream because it's a crappy situation that (laughs) that there he's already thought of 45 different solutions and (laughs) but he's not going to do any of those solutions until his ice cream is finished (laughs) and that's why he was quiet because he didn't know i was freaking out Mm -hmm. he didn't know i thought i was mad he thought i thought he was mad at me he Mm -hmm. didn't know like i'm up for the last eight years i haven't been the decision maker in the household i've like allowed him to fix all of the problems Mm -hmm. and it's been a new identity that i'm developing where I make more decisions Mm -hmm. and I don't always leave the decisions on him. So we just had this like little bit of a miscommunication. Yeah. That wasn't a huge deal, but there was miscommunication where he didn't know I was freaking out and I didn't know he wasn't mad and he had already figured out the solution. And (laughs) it's like, I just had this when we got home and everything was fine we had this conversation and he said, and and I said to him, Oh, you really are on team Alicia. And he had said that to me in, in January of this year, Mm -hmm. but it like, it landed so hard that day that like, it actually brought tears to my eyes. Mm -hmm. And like, I just, I had never felt like anybody was on team alicia before it always felt like I'm um, i'm gonna jump in on the bandwagon of mm-hmm. beating yourself up i know you're beating yourself up but i'm gonna beat you you up too like mm-hmm. it was just such a anyway
1: no that's wonderful you're getting emotional now
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, I'm i'm getting annoyed that the dogs are playing because they're playing by barking <laughs>
1: Oh, I can't hear the barking. If it makes you feel better.
0: That is so funny because I'm like over here. Oh, these damn dogs, like
1: <laughs> I'm trying to make a point, and they're just barking.
0: Right, and they're, they're barking at each other, and they're like, just play, quit barking.
1: <laughs> no, I, I can't hear them. Your your sound levels. very good.
0: That's so funny. They're like that's a, uh, all the things that annoy me about being at home and podcasting. <laughs> apparently are also irrelevant
1: there's a very famous um podcaster Has a very high-ranking podcast and I believe that for a long time she did them in her car and I believe even to this day she might still do them in her
0: closet but
1: oh, but yeah
0: I think the probably one of the most comments um I've had on any of my podcasts came from one that I did in my car that is hysterical um
1: I watched one where you were in your car
0: mm-hmm. that's the one Oh, I've only done one in my car yeah well I
1: mean the content was really good too so. okay so, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean I think the content's always good but you know whatever yeah. i <laughs> I didn't watch
1: I didn't watch an extensive amount I'm saying that I think it wasn't that you were in the car that people liked it I think it's
0: because was good. the content was good and I totally gave myself a compliment and then immediately took it away and said just kidding I I have really good content I love the content of my podcast so I'm not going to take that away or apologize for it so no
1: I I I think it's really good what I've checked out so far has been fire so I'm in
0: I appreciate it um so is there a piece of advice that you want to give to moms
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I coach on um, is, is, and I didn't know the word for it or the name for it until a friend was like, oh, Hey, it sounds like what you coach on is called essentialism. And I was like, what's essentialism. And in essence, essentialism is just really the art or the discipline of simplifying your life so that you can do more to move the needles, whether that's at your home or at work or whatever that looks like for you. And I'm fascinated by this concept because I think in this society, especially in, in um, North America, we have this tendency, um, and maybe I shouldn't bring Canada into this, but in the US, we have the tendency to overwork, like, overthink ourselves and schedule ourselves to death. And the reality is, is a lot of the things that we do doesn't move the needle. So my tip for people is to really take a look at your life, take a look at the thing you're doing, take a look at your schedule and ask yourself. Is this moving the needle in my life? Um, Whatever your goals are, be happier, make more money, Um, raise children who are culturally um, aware, who have experiences um, traveling, whatever that is, whatever your goal is you need to look, take a look at everything in your life and ask, are these things moving us in that direction? Are these things moving me in that direction? Because if you're anything like me, and I know a lot of you are, because I have clients that I help do this all the time, you're going to un, you're going to um, reveal to yourself some things that are probably not moving the needle that you can drop in order to create space for you to do more of the things that you're passionate about to create time and space for self-care, to create more time to be present with your family, um, and to take on the things that you love to do. And um, I think that we aren't as conscious as we should be about the things we add to our schedule. And this is true at work too. I think sometimes we do more than we need to, to be successful at our jobs. And I think I will even go as far to say that I think that sometimes we take on so much that we are less successful at our job because we are not focused on the one or two things that are going to make the most impact on my job, on helping my team be successful, on helping me to get raises or promotions. And therefore, we're, we're a mile wide and an inch deep on our um, success. We're not able to, to, to do the things we need to do to be the most successful. So my tip is to definitely look at your schedule. What can you drop? What isn't moving the needle? And then don't fill it up with something else that isn't moving the needle. Find the things that do, the things that light you up, the things that make you happy, the things that give you more time with your family, the things that give you more um, more time for self-care and schedule those things in instead. And at work, look at all of the meetings you attend, all of the emails you answer. What does everything look like? How many of those things actually need you and start to build boundaries around those things. You do not need your email all the time. You don't need to have it open all the time. You don't need to answer an email as soon as you get in. In fact, I've even seen from some of my colleagues out there in the small business world and in the entrepreneurial landscape, I'll get bounce back messages from them that say, hey, your message is important to me. I check my mail once a day from one to two you know so kind of it's kind of like expect a reply then like that's amazing to i'm sure it's not even one to two it's probably one to 120 or something but that's amazing to be able to set those kind of boundaries knowing that like email can suck up your life and not move the needle so yeah.
0: that's my uh, I love that I I love that bounce back response I love um everything that you just said is, and and even if you're not sure let's say in your job um I'll give two examples in your job and at home so in your mm-hmm. job talk to your boss if you have a boss like talk to um someone and say what like there's I want to be as efficient as you would as as I can possibly be what is the most important thing for you for me to do and take that's that's leadership Mm -hmm. and if you're wanting to move up the corporate ladder like that's the kind of thing that people that that bosses look for like how can I serve the company the best Mm -hmm. or like where do you want me the most where do you want me to focus my attention and Mm -hmm. you'll get I mean that'll that that'll get you a long way in your boss's eyes I think
1: Um, I think that's also really essential if you have a boss that piles on like mm -hmm. oh I need this thing by one awesome thanks before you go I am really happy to work on that project, but I have four other things that were taking precedent today. Let me tell you what they are and you can prioritize them for me. Um, I used to tell, I mean, that's called managing up. I used to tell um, my my colleague direct reports, like sometimes I'm gonna walk into your office and I'm gonna be like, I need you to do something right now. And what I need you to do is to stop me and say, hey, I'm working on these other things. Can you just prioritize them for me? And I would, they'd be like, hey, 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 I've got five things which one do you want me to work on first? I'd be like, tell me what they are. would be like, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Well, the third thing we don't need for another couple of months. So don't worry about it. You know what I mean? And it made me be a better boss because it made me actually tell them what they needed to do in the moment, and what would move the needle for us the fastest. And sometimes we just don't realize. Sometimes, you know, as possible, we just don't realize we're piling on. And I encourage that for other people who are in positions of leadership and authority to to tell your employees, please, if I give you too much, let me know. Like, I can tell you what to take off your plate. I could probably hand something to someone else or, you know, like, it, there's a way to do it gently and kind of it. Leaders actually, good leaders will
0: actually respect. Yeah. And in and, and the mom world, we don't, we think we know what makes us a good mom or mm-hmm. spouse. But sometimes the thing that that we think, like I'm just going to give a silly example that they always the laundry is always clean and the counters are mm-hmm. always clear like mm-hmm. if i think that's what makes me a good mom but my kid is desperate for me to play with them mm-hmm. like there's that if we're filling up our time with the laundry and the dishes then mm-hmm. and, and our kid isn't getting our our play attention then mm-hmm. There can be a shift, but if I say to my son, what make, what would you like me to do? Or what makes me, what do you love about me being your mom? And then do more of that. Yeah. And the dishes and the laundry still need to get done. So if they're of a helping age, recruit them into helping, (laughs) you know, it doesn't have to be all on your plate, like what you did with dinner. Yep. Your four-year-old is plenty old enough to set the table.
1: Yep. Yeah. We just need to get the stuff down for her. And it's, she right. and she loves it. She loves being helpful. My 15-month-old decided he was going to clean my toilet the other day. I wasn't in the room. I let him get away. I heard the toilet, you know, the toilet lid slam, which at a time, like a month ago, was meant something was in there. <laughs> it means that less so now. But I walked in there and there was water everywhere. The toilet bowl brush was out. The toilet paper was down. It was a little wet. And I was like, I could have been really upset and frantic about it. But what I realized is if he was trying to do something, he saw me do before. And so I thanked him for his help. I Tidied it all up really quick. I used the toilet paper, the extra unwrapped toilet paper. Like I said, it was a little wet, but not all of it. And I wiped everything down and I put the brush back. And he said, Wow, thank you so much. What a great helper you are, right? Because I want to encourage that stuff. I want him to be encouraged. And I know he wasn't doing it maliciously. He'd seen me do it and he was just repeating what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I like with my clients, and actually I have a freebie that that includes this in there, but I like to have a to-do a to don't and a to, de- to de- delegate list, right? Like what do I need to do? Those should be the the needle movers that only I can do that you know are precisely my job description or are the stuff that like help my family and the children the most. have it to don't list like you like i am not someone who feels like things need to be like perfectly clean um luckily that's probably something i delegate because my husband does feel like things need to be perfectly clean but i just don't and i have just explained to him like look this is what i'm going to do cook make sure my children have nutritious meals keep things organized so that we know if they're using something or we can get rid of it you know and play with my children and be present with them I'm not going to worry overly so much so about whether or not the baseboards have dust on them. Like, I'm just, not, I'm not your girl. So, you know, and so we've delegated that to having a house cleaner come in once a month, you know, or, or whatever that looks like. And to delegate also means my daughter now sets the table, right? She's of the age where she can be helpful. I can delegate that to her. I didn't need to do drop-offs and pickups. I de- you know, delegation to someone else. I don't think we as women really consider all of the things we could take off our plate and hand to someone else around the house. um and i I know that I'm making this overly simplified because I have friends. I can hear him right now who be like, my fourteen year old wouldn't do that anyway. Um, and so I- I if you, if they want to jump on a call with me, I have plenty of tips for getting your 14 year old to help around the house. Um, but, and I think some of it boils down to just communicating with them that you need help. Um, and so, and so, yeah, but yeah, to do, to don't, and to delegate. I
0: love that. Um, and then they can find that on your website.
1: Um, no, it's on a landing page somewhere. Um, can we put it in the show notes? I'll give you the, sure. the email for the show notes.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and then is there a book that you, that's you that been instrumental in your personal development journey? Yeah, so uh,
1: like I told you, I, I do this. Uh, my coaching really centers around like pinpointing like who you are, your passions, what are your values? Are you living your values? Are you committing to them? Are you setting boundaries? Are you living your priorities? I had a client recently who got done and she goes, I just realized that my priorities were from five years ago and I was living priorities based on five years ago. And that's why I was so discontent. And once I figured out what my priorities are today, I unleashed all of the things that were my priorities from five years ago. And I'm much happier. I'm much more focused. I'm much more moving in the direction that I want to move. And so those are the things I coach on. And I kind of told this, but let me tell a story a little bit more depth. And I was on a phone call with a childhood friend and she was like, I I see a lot of your content lately. And I, you know, I really love that you're doing all this stuff on essentialism. And I was like, yeah, what's essentialism? She goes, oh, there's a book by Greg McAllen called Essentialism. Um, and and so I've started to read it in fact I'm talking about it in my Facebook group too um this past month or um, if this is further out people can go back into the guide section and find my 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 live coaching sessions on essentialism but in the essence it talks about simplifying your life pairing it back dropping the things you don't need and so I strongly recommend reading the book essentialism by uh, Greg and Callen. now I have a different technique for doing some of these things um, um and I think that, you know, I like to kind of unpack and do some foundational stuff first. Uh, he just kind of gives you the like nuts and bolts how to of um, and the why to do it. Um, but I also like to talk about the foundational stuff, like who are you as a person? Because once you can figure that out, it's easier to figure out how to drop everything off of your list. So that's a book I highly recommend and that I'm reading right now. That's being really instrumental to my self-development. Awesome.
0: And then where can our listeners find you?
1: So the two best places to find me and to get all this content is, um, on my, uh, Facebook group, uh, www.facebook.com slash groups slash women living without limits, or just go into the search and go women living without limits. I, the Facebook group in there, and then I do have a website purposefullyconnected.com and you can go in and learn more about me and more about what I do. And you can contact me through that sheet as well.
0: Awesome. Well, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, I love vision boards. I I didn't know essentialism was a word. Like, I think I knew it was a word, but I didn't know the concept per se, but um, I back it wholeheartedly and, um, and we navigated the feminism conversation pretty well. <laughs> Yes,
1: we. I, I I thought
0: so. Um, so, thank you again for um, for a lovely conversation. Because that's why I like my podcast so much is is talking with amazing people.
1: Well, and I think that's why your podcast is so great. Is because you're an amazing person sharing amazing things to people to amazing people who need to hear it.
0: Thank you so much. And uh, there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming for you all next week. And until we meet again, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children, our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids do it for yourself when you become a more self-aware compassionate and confident person you and everyone around you benefit for more information about me and my work visit alishalyons.com that's a-l-y-s-i-a-l-y-o-n-s.com see you next time